You're listening to Culture Camp. Tune in each week to hear from an amazing lineup of athletes, CEOs, founders, and more who have created winning cultures in their organization. Each will share the secrets to creating a culture in your business that will lead you to thrive. Are you ready? Here's your host, Jason Haugen. Welcome back to another episode of Culture Camp. I got a treat for you today. I got Mr. Murphy Yang. What's going on, man? What up? What up? Murphy, you're an incredible human being. I just want to say that first and foremost. I've known you for, for actually, I've known you for a really long time, but I've gotten to really know you for, you know, just last, what, nine months? Yeah. Something like that. You are one of the coolest people I've ever met. You are at Murphy Yangster is your, your Instagram handle. You are a content creator and content connoisseur, I will say. You've done content for Cardi B, Sweetie, Travis, Travis Barker, 2 Chains, Logan Paul, Dave Spark, Sean Whalen, Dan Fleischman. Drake in a, in a little bit, and pretty much everybody, everybody. else I know. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> everybody. You're also a dancer, and a freaking amazing dancer, and a former entertainer with a dance crew in LA and Vegas that is very well known, and we're not going to name names. Yeah. No, um, my life's crazy. And I have ADHD, so I apologize to anybody who's listening to this, because we're going to go all over the place, so I apologize already. So, yeah. <laughs> no, dude, I'm super excited about this one, because I get to ask a lot about you, actually. And you're all over the place with me, with a lot of other different people, a lot of celebrities, and everybody's like, you know, you're the most serious, you're the most mysterious man in the world. I love it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's crazy because um, you're you're literally one of the best dudes I know, and got the biggest heart, and you've gone through a lot in your life. Yeah, crazy like, stuff, like a lot. So I wanna I, I wanna tell your story, um, a, a lot about your story today, and then also how how you came about content creation, and how you've gotten so good at it. But I know you have an incredible story of basically one of the toughest lives I've ever heard of an individual that that I think in my eyes is successful. It's it's pretty crazy. So go back, man. Let's let's get into your story. Let's oh, get all man. in it. Here we go. <laughs> I uh, shoot. I don't even know where to start, bro. See my ADHD already. Yeah. I apologize. <clears throat> it's my first podcast, guys. Calm down. Calm down. You, hey, you filmed hundreds of right. them, right? All right, T. Um, so <laughs> just with the accent. Um, all right. So, I mean, my upbringing, uh, I come. So I, I'm a family of immigrants. Um, I'm actually from Fresno, California. But my, uh, well, what I am, I'm actually Hmong. So H-M-O-N-G. Um, but my family, we come from like Laos, Thailand, France and stuff like that. It's so weird. Uh, there's French Asians. I'm not sure if you know that, but, uh, being Hmong, like, uh, we're basically nomads. We are before China was what it was. Uh, we, we, we were the indigenous people before China. So like basically my people got (laughs) pretty dark, (laughs) uh, got raped and killed and, um, dispersed and went into the mountains, became nomads and farmers and stuff like that. Uh, World War, or what is it? The Vietnam War happened. Um, my grandparents and everyone, or the Hmong people, knew the jungles just as good as the Vietnam people. So uh, the Americans needed help, and my grandpa was one of the uh, young uh, soldiers who who fought against the the communists. Right, but also they're like, hey. America was like, hey, we'll sponsor you. We'll bring you to America, give you guys a better life. The American dream. And my grandpa was like, okay, let's do it. So 
he did that. There was a thing called Secret Gorilla Unit. This is something that's not in the history books, which is insane. Little history quote, thing. <laughs> not quote, but hit little history lesson. Um, so yeah, uh, my grandpa went to uh, after after fighting the war. Um, crazy story. We can go deeper another time, but uh, this is just a quick summary. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he he had to bring just him, his wife, and kids. He couldn't bring his parents, so he had to leave them behind. Right. which is hard, his brothers and sisters. Wow. And I was like, dang, like, that's tough. So, like, I understand why, like, Asian parents are so, like, <laughs> the the typical stereotypes where it's like, hey, you got the Asian F, right. A minus. Like, they're so hard on you because of what they had to go through. Right. So my mom, I, I actually, I found out she was born in Laos. Um, But, uh, again, we're not Laos. I love, I love all my Asian people, but we're actually Hmong. Uh, I was born... Then my mom had me in Fresno, California. We're used to not having stuff. Um, my grandpa got thrown in concentration camps. Uh, we've been in, we're, we're used to being in poverty and stuff like that. So it's like super tough. Um, and I grew up, <clears throat> now this is where it begins. I grew up with literally nothing. <clears throat> um, my, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> my, here we go. Um, I, I come from uh, Fresno, California. I used to live in the West Side. So as a kid, I used to throw West Side, not knowing what danger could happen because right. I, I was a kid. Um, I grew up around gangs, around thugs. Um, my uncles and all my uncles basically were gang members. I remember watching that and I just thought it was normal. Um, my My dad walked out of my life when I was young. I, I love my dad. Me and him, we, we rekindled our relationships and stuff like that. And I forgave him and everything else like that. So I just don't want to like disrespect my family at all. Right. Um, but yeah, so I grew up in the hood, in the ghetto, poverty. We lived in like section eights. I remember uh, my parents writing bad checks and stuff like that. Like just the craziest stuff and living in the hood and just like I saw my first dead body when I was nine years old. Wow. And I remember the smell. That's gotta so, be tough, man. Bro, it's it it is traumatic. Like the thing for me is like I found like even I found like a crystal meth pipe when I was I was in middle school. So I think I was like probably twelve. Really? Or or not. I was in sixth grade going to middle school. So yeah, I found like meth pipes and stuff like that. For me, that was normal. Seeing prostitutes, like it really? was I'm making friends with prostitutes, homeless people, like all that stuff. Like it was so wild because for me, that was normal. Like I was unsheltered to the world at such a young age. Um, you know, hearing helicopters, police sirens, like you were in LA with me and I'm over here yeah. like used to it. <laughs> no, dude, I was like, dude, every two seconds there's sirens and <laughs> helicopters and this and that and you're like bro this is just it's just la it's yeah i'm like well this is, it's annoying that's all I was like it was trying to sleep and all night long there was a hell of, we first off you made the mistake of staying in a hotel right next to the police station, <laughs> right next to the police literally station. right next to it so the helicopter kept taking on and, or off and, or taking off and on all the time yep. but uh yeah it was kind of crazy yeah um and i mean what is it like some people could be like oh fresno ain't that hard or whatever but like the thing is when you live in the slums of fresno it's called no town for a reason because no one makes it out and no one makes it 
like ever. Right. Um, and no one wants to go there. Uh, but the only people who go there is usually people like, this is me being a snitch, I guess you could say, <laughs> but people from, uh, cause I lived in SAC in Oakland and even LA, but people from those two, cause they're three hours up and three hours down. Right. They go down there to meet up, do drug deals, do gang shit like that. That's what it is. Right. So that's kind of like the, the thing I, I'm used to like, um, and it's funny too. Cause like when I meet up my hood people, uh, and, and I, I catch myself doing this. And when I go to like LA, I kind of have like my slang and then I'm like, Oh man, <laughs> like it's right. just, it's something that can't leave me. Cause I'm used to talking with slang. But as I got older and, you know, being from the city and going to, I guess you can say the suburbs, not really. I, I learned how to be more quote unquote professional and more, but, but like the thing for me is like, I'm a, not a chameleon, but essentially a chameleon where I can uh, talk to anyone and everyone. And I can also relate because I've been through so much stuff right. in my life. Um, what is it? Like, for example, like uh, no disrespect to my mom, but I got kicked out when I was like 13. Um, and, you know, getting free samples for me, like at the mall, that was like <laughs> my lunch and my dinner. Like going back to living hard was uh kids in school like i remember they wouldn't eat their lunch because they were like oh i'm too cool for this i'm over here like dude this is like my only meal i get like, right school lunch so i would take their pizzas their like their pizzas in that tin foil <laughs> like the right. the little thing uh their milks the milk that was in the little water cart. thing yeah, yeah no not the cart oh really <laughs> well, this is after the cart but i i remember taking school lunch stuffing it in my backpack and feeding my family with it i remember really? taking you know cold showers and cold baths and um, you know, keeping the, keeping us warm by opening the oven, like just the most random stuff. I, I don't even remember myself having a bed until I was like a lot older. Um, but like my really? own bedroom, let's, let me say that <laughs> my own bedroom. So, uh, coming from where I've, and this is just me being like nonchalant and like, sh like, how would you say it? Sugarcoating my right. life yeah i mean we, we've gotten pretty deep in it it's, it's pretty it's pretty intense i mean the stuff that you went through the stuff that you saw um you know i, I man, that's just so hard for me I, I couldn't imagine you know having you know seeing the stuff that i that that you saw or having my kids see that stuff i mean that, that would be really hard for me but at the end of the day like you're i mean your mom and dad weren't bad people they just it was a tough situation that that's uh that's actually one thing and like this is me getting kind of like emotional and stuff is like that is because uh one th like how you said my parents going through that stuff one thing for me and this is how like i forgave my parents um and this is like i'm being deep right now getting kind of emotional sorry guys <laughs> but uh i i forgive my parents because they're still learning how to be parents they're still learning how to be a mom or a dad um just like how i am and even when they're 100 years old they're still learning how to be a parent. They're still, right. they, they, when they die, that's like the end of it. I'm still learning how to be a dad and going through all that trauma as a kid is something that I don't want my kids to go through. And that's why, like, obviously I live here in Utah. Right. And that's why. And I'm, and, and that's another thing too. I got fresh Prince of Bel-Air out here to Utah. Really? Because I was such a bad kid. There was a drive-by shooting and that's kind of like what made me move to Utah. So, so how did, how did you get out? Like who, where did you move or why did you move here? Was it a family member out here? Um, yeah. So I had my, uh, one of my uncles, uh, 
like I got, I moved out here and then my parents came out here and then I went to, uh, I went to school out here. Is it, were you still in high school or junior high? Or? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I was a freshman at the time and crazy thing. Like, um, what'd you say? Sorry. My brain's going a million miles an hour. So I apologize. But, uh, yeah. So I, I was a kid. I went to, went to high school. I went to Roy high. Um, I, how, how would I say this? I'm so sorry, guys. My brain is everywhere right now. You're good. Um, no, but when I went to school, I remember my dance teacher, she, she said, um, she was like, cause she saw that I danced. Cause right. I, I was always dancing as a kid. I would watch Michael Jackson. Uh, so back, did, were you, did, were you, uh, when you were little or younger, I guess, yeah. were you on an organized dance crew or did you just dance to dance? So dance actually saved my life. Uh, it's the reason why I am who I am. Like I know a lot of people make jokes and they're like, Oh, I'd be dead in jail, but no lie. I would be dead or in jail if it wasn't for dancing. If it wasn't for me moving to Utah, because one dance, like it was either you joined gangs, or you did sports or you were like good at rapping and stuff like that. I was decent at rapping, but I was better at, at dancing. And it was just, for me, it was dance. It was, it was hip hop. Uh, black culture saved my life. And when I went to, Utah, um, that right there saved my life even more. Cause I remember my dance teacher, I took dance class and I was like, Oh, I'm gonna learn ballet jokingly and right. I actually did. And I enjoyed it. But that dance teacher there, her name was, uh, Tiana. She, <clears throat> she's, she was like, Hey, you know, you can make money like dancing. Right. And I'm over here like, yeah, right. Like whatever. Right. <clears throat> and she was like, you know, all those people that you look up to, like the Michael Jackson and Backstreet Boys, she's like, those are people who like the choreographers taught them that they make lots of money and they can survive off of that. And I was like, what? So, uh, I got my first gig when I was like 16 teaching dance. And really? from there I was just teaching. I worked at so many jobs, like, sorry, we're going everywhere, but I worked so many jobs. I worked at like little Caesars, Jamba juice, Burger King, uh, a janitor at my high school. Um, I worked <clears throat> construction, like so diverse, I dabbed into everything, a retail and everything to figuring out that a nine to five suit didn't fit me. Uh, the I, I couldn't take orders from another person because <laughs> because I'm such a rebel. Right. And I think. Uh, do, you, do you think that's from your childhood? I, Everybody telling you maybe what to do or how you grew up? Um, you just didn't like authority. It, it kind of was that like in, <clears throat> in the hood, obviously it's fuck the police. <laughs> right. I, I support like I equality. Let me say it like that. But growing up where I did police couldn't be trusted. And when you call the police, it was just more like they would never show up. That's just where I came. Really? From. Now that I'm older. Okay. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> Let me take this back. And and this is why uh, I have a problem, quote unquote, with authority is I remember Little Caesars when I was working. This is a crazy story, but I got off off the clock at like, I think it was 10. Um, I took some pizzas home and I put like two, two liters in my backpack and I was riding my bike home. It was like probably two blocks away. Um, and I was riding my bike home and then I hear lights and I hear the like I see lights and I hear the police like whoop whoop. And I was like, oh, shit. 
So I here in Utah. Yeah, in Utah. And I'm okay. again two blocks away from my house from Little Caesars oh, apartment. And I and I'm riding my bike and I'm literally right in front of like the apartment. And the cops, they were just, you know, giving me issues and they're like, hey, what are you doing? I was like, I, I just got off work. They're like, you have no reflectors on your bike. And I'm like, what 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 are you talking about? Um and and my stepdad, he's white, he comes out. And he's like, hey, what's going on here? And the cops, they're like, it's none of your business. Go back home. My dad, my stepdad goes, it, it is my business. That's my son. And then they're like being all nice to him. They're like, oh, yeah, we're just making sure that he wasn't out to doing no good and da, da, da. This, <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to be like, hey, I got discriminated, but I'm a brown kid on a bike. Pizza's in his hand. And they're, they're like, okay, you have no reflectors. And they're trying to give me a curfew ticket. And I'm like, dude, I, I'm working. <laughs> like, right. what are you talking about? But uh, I, I dealt with more discrimination out here in Utah than I did in Cali. Really? Because I, like, I got in trouble for jaywalking in here in Utah. It, again, it's just a different thing, um, a different lifestyle, different culture, different culture so- shock. I couldn't hang out with a couple kids. I told you the story before, but I couldn't hang out with a kid because he was like, hey, you're not in my ward. And I was like, if you guys don't know, a ward or something here in Utah is the LDS or Mormon. It's a Mormon thing. I don't know what it is. I'm still not really that educated. But he was like, hey, I can't hang out with you because you're not in my ward. And I was like, whoa, because I'm not Mormon. And I did not, I did not know that. Um, right. But yeah, sorry. No, no you're good. <laughs> You went to, uh, so you started uh, in dance. I remember uh, you told me a story one time. You went to jail. When did you go to jail? Oh, my gosh. Uh, dang. Okay, so <laughs> jail sounds bad, but. Yeah, I don't even, you know what I'm thinking? I don't even know what you did. Okay, so we're, we're going to run. I'm going a, I'm to a sugarcoat this in the nicest way. Uh, so when I was 17, um, I was one. I was like kind of homeless i was going through some crazy stuff let me say that yeah let, let's let's talk about that because i know that's a lot of part of your story and then we'll get into content creation is yeah is you were homeless for a minute and yeah. then you you got you entered to be on a a tv show and you got on there yeah so let me let me break down the both both of those stories <laughs> so when i was 17 almost 18 um i i remember what i i i was i was going through some stuff i was struggling and I, I didn't know any better. I should have known better, let's be honest. But I took beef jerky and deodorant and like some chips because it was what I needed. And I got caught. And um, that was like my first first time I got in trouble. Second time I went to uh, Zoomies with a couple of my boys. Um, at that time, it was like the jerking movement. So if you guys know that you're a yep. jerk, you're a jerk. I know, like... Uh, we were in backpacks, skinny jeans, all that stuff. We went to Zoomies and, um, I had money on me. I was going to buy some stuff, but I didn't know the crew I was with was stealing stuff. And when they walked out, the cops got them. They stopped me as well. They checked my bag, checked my pockets, everything, nothing. I was like, I was chill. I was like, y'all ain't got nothing on me. Ha ha ha. And nope, (laughs) I got, since I had a, uh, that the pass, um, the beef jerky that right. I stole. Uh, they're like, no, you one, you have a record. And two, um, since you 
since you're you're guilty by association, so you're gonna go to court. And at that time, I didn't know any better, so I basically I I took the bullet. I plead uh, no no contest, right? Which I should have just kept on fighting. I I think I could have beat it for sure. Um, and then my third time was uh, there's this guy. I let me not give him the clout, but there's this guy who who basically uh, took advantage of me. Um, I was homeless. Um, a little thing that I, th- this was to go deep. Um, I tried to kill myself. I was homeless at that time, legit homeless. Uh, my parents were out in Cali. Uh, I had literally nowhere to stay. I was in homeless shelters. I was just trying to figure out life for like three months. So three months homeless out in the streets. And thankfully I had a high school friend who let me stay at her place, but her boyfriend at the time was like, Hey, I need diapers and I need to get gas. Can you pawn this stuff for me? Me, you know, I'm like, I don't know, dude, like, why don't you do it? Like, you know? And, uh, you know, I did it because I had great intentions. I just wanted to make sure people were like, one thing for me is like, I will make sure everyone in the room is warm by keeping myself on fire, which is kind of dumb. But I did that uh, upon some stuff. And a couple months later, he asked me to do it again. And then I remember him smoking meth with the money that I like got him essentially. And I was like, dude, like I was like, I I saw him do it. And I was like, bro, I, I don't, no, that's not, that's not me. Like, I'm not trying to help your bad habits for one, but for two, my good intentions for that. No, like you're using me. Right. And uh, he's like, okay, I got you. And when I went back to the house that day, all my stuff was outside and I got confronted by uh, the, my friend in high school, her older brother. And he was like, Hey, who pawned like my nephew stuff and this and that. It was the craziest stuff, bro. Um, and I'm finally talking about it after like hella years. Right. But uh, it it was one of the things that I kept silent to myself. And I went to jail. I was supposed to be there for six months and I stayed there for three months. But I'm not going to lie, jail kind of like, it helped open my eyes to so much. One, how much time you're wasting. Time, tick. Tick. Right. Every minute feels like an hour and every hour feels like a minute. I mean, every <laughs> every minute feels like an hour and every hour feels like a day. And in jail. In jail. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, there's really not a lot to do. You just kind of sit there. Yeah. I mean but but funny thing was I actually made friends with everyone. Really? <laughs> Obviously it was Yeah, me. I mean that's just you. I mean, you make <laughs> friends with everybody that I you know, we go to anywhere, you're talking to them. I mean, any any restaurant that I've ever been with you, <laughs> the waitresses or waiters, your best friend by the time we leave. Um, no. And like, that's the funny thing. Uh, so like I made like friends with literally everyone and it was like a good and bad thing. Cause like I would get free commentary and, and let me say this too. Like, I know I'm joking. I make light of shitty situations. Um, but like I was break dancing and some of the cops saw and they're like, Hey dude, like that's pretty sick. And I was like, yeah, you know, I auditioned for TV shows Da da da. I would practice every single day in jail. Really? I learned how to play spades and make spread and all this other stuff. But um, like I said, I make, I make light of shitty situations because like, that's just my, that's just me coping. That's like my coping mechanism where I make jokes out of a shitty situation. So like 
when I try to kill myself, I cut my arm and I was like, oh, dang, I need to cut it out. When I was in a hospital dying, like, I was just making stupid jokes because I didn't know how to handle that, that trauma and that, that situation. Wow. And like to go deep and to go to that, to now that subject is, um, yeah, when I try to kill myself, there was so much stuff going on in my life but I'm grateful for surviving and being a survivor from killing myself because I have a family now. Um, I'm blessed to have my wife. I'm blessed to have the friends I do and everything else like that. I think the reason why I try to take my life was because I was around people who made me feel lonely and that's really? tough. And I'm like trying not to cry or be emotional, but my, I was surrounded by so many people who loved quote unquote me. But when I was down, struggling, nobody was there. Really? I was so hurt. I was so devastated that nobody was there. And when I tried to kill myself, I remember my phone blowing up. I remember Facebook messages and everything. Murphy, are you okay? You good? I didn't see how much I've impacted people. At the same time, I didn't also feel that love. It was so tough for me. Right. Sorry to. No, and, and, and I know that it was tough for you. And, and you know, you, uh, you talk about it a lot and, and you're actually really open about your, your suicide attempt and you wear your scar. I mean, you have a gnarly scar on your, yeah. I think it's your left arm. Yeah. Your left arm. It's my left arm. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's huge and you're always, you're not trying to hide it. You're not trying to, you know, people ask you, you're, you're pretty forthcoming with it. Yeah. Uh, and is that, is that a part of, you know, your story or is, is that like, closure or does that like help you at all of just being like yeah that's what it is instead of trying to hide behind it because i know a lot of people you know that is a very tough thing to talk about so um, you know i know people in my life that have had attempts and they they do not talk about it they it's not like they i mean i've seen you post that on instagram i've seen you post it on on people just be like hey what's your scar like i tried to kill myself they're like I think you're joking you're like i'm not kidding yeah and they're, they're like whoa yeah uh <laughs> The reason why I'm so open about suicide and uh, trying to kill myself or like my suicide attempts is because if I can save one life, that's all that matters. And if I can save another life and another and another and another by being open and honest and uh, with with literally anyone and everyone, maybe maybe I, it starts it starts with me uh, because so like I've gone I've I, I've. I've gone through depression. I've gone through all that stuff. And right. I'm not trying to say depression as a word. No, actually gone through it. Um, and the thing about depression too is it's not something that somebody can tell you. It's something that you have to go through by yourself. And it could take days. It could take months. It right. could take years. It well, it's hard for people to relate yeah. because I know the one thing for me is, yeah. um, you know, that that's where I've struggled with people in relationships is, you know, I've never, like, I, I feel like I've had moments of depression where like, you just maybe for a day, you're just like, this stuff's bothers you. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't think I can ever say that I've ever had depression or like been depressed. And I've had a really hard time relating with other people that are quote unquote depressed or like, you know, that have depression yeah. or depressed. Like, I'm just like, dude, just, just <laughs> snap out of it. Just yeah. tell yourself that like, it's a yeah. mindset thing. And like, I'm, I, I, you know, I, I've, I've learned a lot about it. Like I, I obviously was, you know, I'll call myself ignorant on the, on the subject and mm -hmm. not educated on it, but I've definitely educated myself on it because I think it's so important. And, and, and who am I to say, you know, you're not depressed or you are depressed, but maybe I can help you in, in one way of, of doing something exciting or getting you involved in stuff, or I can see that you're down or like knowing a, a, a lot of people are like, Oh, I couldn't even tell. Like, are you freaking kidding me? There's so mm -hmm. many signs of 
of things like that. Like, well, now, I mean, but, but I've educated yeah. myself before. I had no idea. I just thought you were sleepy or uh, yeah. you didn't want to do anything or always tired or whatever. I mean, I think it's really important to educate yourself on that. Yeah. Uh, I, and going back to the subject, like both, like going back to the subject of like, why am I so open about suicide is because a lot of people like me, I'm smiling all the time. Right. I'm always happy. But sometimes it's the happiest person you have to watch out for because those are the people who will end up taking their lives because they're so used to taking care of everyone else and they're not like a quote. They're filling everybody up but themselves. Yes, the hardest thing about being a strong person is that nobody ever asks you if you're okay. Wow. And that right there, like I remember reading that quote and I was uh, like, I bawled my eyes out. Another time I bawled my eyes out was I was smiling. This was when I was homeless. Sorry, I'm going everywhere. Also, like Sean, like mm-hmm. like how he said, no time limit. Same here, bro. Right. <laughs> because I'm going everywhere. But I remember when I was homeless, the hardest part, or like, let me go back. I remember when I was homeless, I was in the mall and I was like trying to get like free samples and stuff like that. And I remember um, there's this girl that I used to dance with. Her name was Amber, but her mom came up to me. She worked at Seas Candy and she was like, hey, like, are you Okay. And I was like, yeah, yeah, like, I'm good. Why? And she saw me every day at the mall. Okay. Really? <laughs> but I didn't have money. I just went there for free samples and like to like get food. Um, And she was like, no, are you okay? Like she asked me that and I like just bawled and cried and I'm like, I'm not okay. Like I'm homeless. I'm struggling. I'm going through so much stuff. And she was like, how can I help? And that right there, like she just knew. She was like, I can tell, like by just your smile, like really, you're so used to helping everyone else, and um, yeah. And then going back to the suicide thing is like, for me, like I, you see the happiest people like kill themselves, or people who like comedians, comedians go through the hardest things and they make light of shitty situations. Look at like right. Ro- Robin Williams, like he's one of my idols, and he was like one of the happiest person. Right. And boom, like we, I, I, I think we live in a world where everything has to be perfect, but it's okay. Like now I'm okay with my flaws and I think we should all be okay with our flaws and be okay with being just normal human beings. When I say normal, like I have ADHD, I've gone through so much stuff in my life. And I think if we talk about it, instead of just ignore it, we can change the world one person or one talk at a time. Right. Um, because I really believe that, um, for me, like when I talk about it, there's people who are like, thank you for talking about suicide. Thank you for doing this because it saved my life. Right. Um, a girl in my high school, again, it's, it, it starts with, it starts with a conversation or it starts with the hello. Hey, you look great today. Like stuff like that can change somebody's life. Cause, uh, there was this message and I need to go find it again, but it was this girl who said, thank you for saving my life. You came up to me, played my violin. You played Usher. Yeah. Cause I knew how to play violin. And she goes, that made my day. And she goes that day. I was thinking about killing myself, but because of you, I'm still here. Really? And I was like, wow. I did not know I had that effect because I was just, again, I was just a dancer guy who was just enjoying life, having fun. Right. And her opening that up to me. I was like, maybe I can save people like it. And I, I get enjoyment from helping people, saving people, serving people. Um, well, and, and and I know that because, you know, you, you we, we're like, we're talking about this. You're not talking about it to say, look at me, poor me, 
blah, blah, blah. Like you, you genuinely want to help people. And I've been around you quite a bit. I mean, we've traveled a lot. So many and, times. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're, you're always trying to help people always like you, you never go like, sometimes like I'll brush people off or like, Hey, like, and, and you'll like go engage with them. Like you engage, like when you talk to people, like you're engaged, it's not just like, Hey, how's it going? Like you engage with them. And I know that it means it's coming from a place of, of love from you. And like your heart is so big, dude. Like, I just want you to know <laughs> that because like you've helped me through a lot of situations or just where like, I'm like thinking about one way and then you're like, bro, like, what about this? And what about that? And I'm like, Oh man, you're right. Or like you, you'll, you'll hit me deep sometimes. And we've had some pretty deep conversations Yeah, and I'm, you know, you've been through a lot and, and I, and I, and I just want to say, I appreciate you for, for what you've done for me personally. No, thanks. Uh, I'm always trying to find like positivity and everything or like I'm, I'm a really optimistic person. So if anything ever bad happens, I'm usually like, Oh, well on the flip side, like, right. Uh, that's, that's just how yeah, I, I'm not going to say I was cranky in Disneyland, but I was real cranky in Disneyland yeah. and, uh, you kept pissing me off cause everything was just, Oh yeah. But like, but it's going to be okay. It's going to be this. I'm like, we're, we're good. No, we're it's not. no, it's not. There's going to be traffic. There's going to be lines. You're like, bro, it's going to be fine. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that, uh, your wife and kids hate me after that trip, but, <laughs> nah, nah. but, it, but, but I, I, I apologized. It was, it was a, it was a long trip for me hey, no, and any, I was going through a lot. Hey, for anybody who's gone to Disneyland, y'all know how hectic and crazy it is. Yeah. With four little girls, <laughs> especially with kids. I'm yeah, just saying in four little girls on, well, Peyton's a little bit older, but they're yeah. all, they're all crazy. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was, it was a good time though. Like I appreciate you, uh, you going down there and everything your wife's done for my wife and they're, yeah. they're super close and everything's good. So I want to talk about a little bit and then I want to get in, uh, like in, in, in what you do now. Yeah, like you, you, uh, you were homeless and you went on a TV show. Yeah. So you think you can dance? Yeah. And you did, you went on it a couple times, didn't you? Yeah. So, uh, those who know me <laughs> know that I've auditioned for So You Think You Dance countless times. Um, I've gotten nose after nose. And one thing about dance and just kind of me, I'm, uh, I'm super stubborn. <laughs> I will not take no for an answer, <laughs> but, uh, I, one thing about dance is you're, you gotta be used to rejection. So I right. got nose after nose, but I always made it to like, uh, so, so the thing is you audition for audition to audition to get on the TV show. Right. To audition. Right. <laughs> so you basically, there's three processes to get to auditioning. Um, and I would always make it to like the TV part. Um, but I auditioned and I made it my first, my first time on TV, that was probably like my third try. So third time's a charm. Um, I made it on TV. It was my story at the time where I was homeless and going through the most. Um, my ex-girlfriend was on there at the time. She actually passed away last year. So rest in peace. But um, I I made it on TV. And then a couple years later, you know, after I had my first born, Peyton, um, I auditioned again and my story was basically coming back and rekindling um, that hurt f with being homeless and my parents. But also it was me uh, being a dad. That was my story essentially. And I made, I made it season 12, I think it was 2015, 2016. Uh, I made a top 30 and it was street versus stage. So I made a top 30 in street. And when I was out there, I was like, I'm not gonna lie. I was, I was uh, homesick. I was missing my kids. I want my kid, right? Um, and I was always around my wife and my kid all the time. But 
that taught me to be like so like hardworking. Like right. you, you can make it happen. My goal that at that time was, hey, I'm just gonna make it to Vegas. Right. And then when I made it to Vegas, hey, I'm just gonna make it to top top five hundred. Oh, now I'm gonna make it to top hundred. And then, oh shoot, I'm in top 50. What? Right. And then top 30. And I was like, oh wow, like maybe I can win. Right. And then when I said that, then, <laughs> then I got cut. And so I was like, were, oh. you, were you with the dance crew in LA and Vegas before? So you think you can dance? Um, yes. Yes. So uh, I had a, I had a crew. I, I've had multiple crews. I've been in multiple crews, dance with multiple people. Um, you, you literally dance with the most famous crew in the world. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to name the name, but they're the yeah. most famous crew in the world. So a lot of my friends now, um, they're super dope and they're still dancing. Um, I'm not saying that I don't dance anymore. I just have my priorities a little bit different than most people. You don't really hear dancers. I mean, probably one or two, but it's not common that most dancers own businesses or owns their own house or owns anything. Right. We usually live paycheck, paycheck to paycheck or are just struggling artists. And when I say artists, that's what I mean, artists, because what I tell my dancers is we treat our brains like artists and our bodies like athletes. And one thing that we forget to think is, uh, why don't we be like MMA fighters? Why don't we get sponsors? Why don't we do this? And it's, right. it's such a struggle because dancers, we want exposure, but we also want to show our art. And and and, and that's the thing for me is, uh, you know, dancing is always with me and I dance with my daughter now today and it's the best thing ever teaching her dance and hip hop and teaching her the knowledge and everything like that. It's the best thing ever. But my prior priority is my kid first. Right. And, used, and I know that yeah. like you, you, yeah. you've skipped out on some big, big opportunities just to be home with, with your kids. But then your kids at the same time, they understand that dad's out doing his thing right now. Yeah. Um, which I think is respectable. I think, I think, I think kids, I think it's good for kids to see that, that like their, their dad or mom is a hustler and they have to make sacrifices and they do stuff for them that, you know, I, I don't know. I would, I would just, you know, as a kid, I really liked seeing my mom and dad just hustle. And I know that they weren't at every game, but I like seeing them hustle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my kids see me hustle, but then they also see me there a lot. Um, I try not to miss dance recitals or dance competitions or anything super important to them because, uh, I mean, going back to suicide and everything, everything in my life is basically, I want to be there for others because I want to like, hold it. I'm trying to think of the quote, but it's, I want to be that person for others that wasn't there for me. Right. That's the type of person I want to be. So like growing up, my parents unfortunately weren't there for my, my all moments. And now I want to be there for my kids for the all moments. Right. Um, I mean, we learn, we, we either learn or become what we're what we're taught for sure so so like super like i like to use the super villain and superhero analogy Dude, you're so into freaking marvel yo i love yes and dc <laughs> and i have no idea like when we were in disneyland we went to the i had no idea what you were talking about I'm like oh that's iron man and this is that yeah, person and i'm like i have no idea i know spider-man and iron man and a couple of like hulk yeah. but i don't know any like dude i thought black <laughs> adam was uh, literally i thought black adam was a made-up superhero by the rock I mean, I'm like, dude, who gets I, to make up a superhero? Let's be honest. I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> yeah. But then I'm like, oh, I guess it, it's a real thing. I've never read comic books and never really been into it. I, I'm not that guy. <laughs> I, I'm i embarrassed to say that because my wife knows more about it than I do, but I'm I'm, oh, I'm just funny. not that guy. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. The superhero analogy or the origin story is basically when as a kid, you grow up, let's just pretend you lose your parents at a young age. I'm just making up a scenario. You lose your kid. I mean, you lose your parents as a kid. You either become a superhero or a supervillain. And you either you lost your parents and now you want to take vengeance. Right. <laughs> or you become a light of hope and you stop those type of people doing the same thing. Right. And, and when I say the superhero analogy is basically you become a superhero or a villain because. That, no, I, that, I, I like yeah, that. That's your origin story. Yeah, like, <laughs> and, sure. and everyone has those. Uh, yeah. So, so how did you get into content creation? Cause I know that was like, you've never been to photographer school. You never really been into it. I mean, you're, you're an, an artist, but how did you get into content creation? I mean, and you haven't been in the game very long. Yeah. Uh, so, so let me give everyone a rundown. So I've been doing videos and photos for the past three and a half years and I didn't graduate high school. Sorry. <laughs> um, but the reason why I got into videos was I would watch YouTube. I, I was always interested in movies. I was always, always interested in music videos and stuff like that. When I was on Say Think You Dance, I would always ask questions like, hey, how do you get this shot? Oh, that's dope. How do you do this? How do you? I was always asking questions. Right. And I was always interested in that. But I never did it until like three and a half years ago. I, would, I was vlogging myself and I was like, hey, I'm just going to vlog. I'm going to buy a camera, vlog myself. I'm going to be a YouTuber. Right. <laughs> good old youtuber and i did it for a while and then i i i told my wife i was like hey you know what i kind of want to do videos and she's like okay cool so she's a photographer yeah and she's a photographer too yeah so i went twenty five thousand dollars in debt for camera equipment lights everything like that's more than you need but twenty five. Yeah, like, i did not spend that on this podcast yeah. i got lots of stuff twenty five thousand dollars into a really good camera really good mic really good everything and then youtube was like my information and obviously other people who were in the field filming and and, and people who filmed me before because i was always in front of the camera talked to the people behind the camera and just learned right so i uh I did tons of research and then I remember, I think it was Keaton, the muscle, <laughs> Keaton, the muscle, but he asked me, he was like, Hey, uh, can you do some ads for me? Like your stuff is dope, like super sick. And I was like, Oh yeah, for sure. Like, he's like, Hey, I'll pay you 500. I was like, yo, 500. Okay. At that time I was teaching dance. I was pursuing the dream as a dancer. Um, I had my kid, but like I worked at Buffalo Wild Wings. I was thrifting. I was selling clothes. I was making superhero costumes, Spider-Man and all that stuff. Really? I was, I was hustling, bro. On top of that, do whatever it takes. Yeah. And on top of that, doing videos. Um, and and I was doing videos here and there for like, uh, gyms and stuff like that. Right. So I was like, Hey, into that. And I was like, okay, I want to work out and also learn and also film. But Keaton asked me to film like a one mission nutrition video. And I did it and he, he paid me $500 and I was like, yo, I'm going to do this full time. Right. Bet. And I did that for a couple months and then, uh, I quit my job, like, <laughs> which I'm not saying that you should, but I was like, Hey, I'm gonna jump into it. I'm gonna just do videos. Right. And, uh, I did videos and then I got really good. And I remember I met this other videographer who's been doing it for like 10, 20 years. And I have a chip on my shoulder for one. <laughs> But he was like, yeah, I, I was like, hey, I want to do what you've, what you've been doing in 10, 20 years. I want to do that in two. 
and he made fun of me. He was like, ha, really? He was like, ha, sure, whatever, buddy. Well, I hold my beer, and, bro. And and I totally understand. Like, it takes time and it takes talent and stuff like that. But oh, like, it totally does. But, but, I, I mean, I've tried to fake it just a little bit through this podcast <laughs> and through some stuff I'm doing. I'm like, dude, I have no idea how he does that. Right. Like, I've tried to shoot videos of me traveling. I'm like, drives me nuts because when I feel that you are doing your thing you're like i just feel like it's not that much like when we went to vegas and did the whole thing with bradley i'm like you're not really filming very much and then you come out with this crazy video i'm like what the heck um we'll get into that we'll (laughs) we'll get into that in a bit um but yeah like there's 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 two you know those two things where they're like hey there's talent and then there's hard workers right a hard worker will beat talent any day for sure but imagine a person who has talent who can also outwork everyone one thing about me is like when i was working those shitty jobs burger king and stuff like that i wanted to be the best right and i was like oh well homeboy's good okay well i'm gonna push myself to be better and it wasn't competition thing it was just i wanted to be the best dude i i, I can totally agree with that because <laughs> like i worked at costa vita and bro i could make a burrito better than anybody I, still to this day i teach everybody how to fold a burrito because i feel like no one can fold a right burrito but like, you know how like we put the little, uh, the, the, the tins and like you, yep. you put the, for to go and like yep. you, you spin it as fast as I could spin it faster <laughs> than anybody else. That. Yep. And I, I, I took everything extreme and, and I've always been like that. I've always taken everything yeah. to the, to the whatever extreme, extreme, extreme. But I, I just couldn't be mediocre. Like even when I worked at right? Hollister, bro, like this sounds stupid. <laughs> Like I took so much pride in folding clothes and pride in customer service and pride in how I looked and pride in helping people. And like it was a, it was a silly, like, you know, part. Well, actually it was a full, I was the only full-time, like one of the only full-time employees there. I was what they called a Hollister model. Hey. Not that that means anything, but I guess that was my title. Oh, Hollister. <laughs> yeah. But it, it was hard for me to be mediocre. Like even, even working with my mom and dad doing different things like around their house and stuff. I couldn't be mediocre. Like I, it was not in my blood to do stuff half-assed. Like I had to do stuff perfectly complete to the best, but it was like almost a respect thing to me. Like I felt like if you were my boss and I was doing stuff half-assed, it was disrespectful. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally know what you mean. Like, and I think that's what like separates like a quote unquote average. And I mean this with respect and no disrespect. No, it's true but, because it, I, no, be hard on people because <laughs> if you're, if you're out there and you're like, Oh God, I'm just going to, I'm just going to basically punch in I'm gonna and do the minimum last until I punch out. <laughs> Screw you. Like seriously, like if you're that type of person, like we, I try to look for those people like, and, and we do like, have you know i'm not gonna say like our company's perfect we we do have those sometimes but like i hate that like when you are doing the bare minimum you complete like you're just basically doing everything i guess in your do- do- job description at like the least amount of percent as possible it drives me nuts That's- and <laughs> in my eyes like if you're that type of person then I, I i will be strong i don't think you'll ever be super successful and whatever i mean success means different than other people but you will never be well off you'll never be sought after like if you did mediocre videos and mediocre all the time like you would not be sought after by drake by sweetie by cardi b by Mm -hmm. travis barker two chains dan fleischman sean whalen pretty much everybody else in america because of a mediocre like dude you are incredible what you do at your craft but there's a lot of videographers out there. now there's a lot of great content creators and videographers out there. like a lot of fantastic ones like i don't don't want to take that away from anybody but you're right. Like there is a difference in in how you carry yourself 
than a lot more than I've seen. And I've and I, I work with great, great uh, videographers like Lost Boys does his podcast. He's dope. You do also film a lot of this podcast. Like we like I just bounce around to whatever. Um, but yeah, dude, I dude, don't don't be soft. Be hard on it. <laughs> Say yeah, you you will suck your whole life if you're just mediocre because. No, oh, dude, it just pisses me off. I just, I, because I just know that people are so much better than that. I feel like if you do things mediocre, you're just not living up to your potential. Yeah, I mean, I feel you. I'm just you're I, too nice, dude. I, Murphy, I shut am up. nice. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm way too nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, back to the topic of like, I always wanted to be the best. Like Burger King, I want to be the best burger flipper. Jamba Juice, I want yep. to be the fastest and like the best. And the best strawberries and, wild and, ever, right? <laughs> and I, I and I think that's why uh, I got into videos too, especially was because um when i i got punished for being good so so explaining that is like it's either you're really good and and get punished so you get paid hourly or i can get the most out of the out of minimum time because i'm so good right so that's why i was joking no you're good (laughs) I'm struggling today. Yeah, Jason needs to quit puffing. I I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, I guys. These, I got all these water bottles right here, <laughs> and I just I sucked it down. But um, yeah, I mean the whole like the whole video thing, like uh, my my brain. So like everyone knows, and you guys should know by already with this conversation, I have ADHD. So when when I'm filming, my brain goes everywhere, and I'm thinking, and I'm like. I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, how can I tell a story? So I'm telling the story this way. So like when I'm filming you and you know, that Vegas trip, right? in my head, I kind of already have a story. When I'm filming, I'm like, okay, I know where this is going. I know where that is going. One thing about doing videos and especially like quote unquote Polaroid is you only have one shot. right? And that's the reason why I, like, I love the term run and gun, which is a video term. I run and gun because you only have one shot one opportunity <laughs> sounds like Eminem, but you really do. You have one shot and one opportunity. And if you miss that shot, you won't ever get it again. And that's one thing for me and why I hustle so hard is because I only have one shot. There is no plan B. There's only plan A and plan A is to make it and kill it every single time right? while impacting others. So like I said, a thing, you know, I want to inspire and, as- and aspire before I expire. Right. And, and, and that's, that's how I've always been. Which is so so powerful because I think that with anything in life, I I think that that's a great model to live by. Yeah, and and I mean, uh, I I love helping people. I love telling pe- other people's story. Um, one thing that my wife has been on me, and especially you and everyone else, they're like, you need to create content for yourself because other people need to hear your story. Because I'm so used to creating other people's story, and I'm like. <laughs> but I'm not getting paid. Yeah. And my wife goes, who cares about the money? Right. I'm like, you're right. <laughs> well, and it's, it's so true because like, like this is, you know, for anybody listening to this, like this is Murphy's first time ever public, like publicly telling this story, I think. Yeah, this is my first one. And, and first, first podcast, podcast ever. I mean, and I know that you have been really worried about this and I'm just going to be out. Like you've been kind of freaking out a little bit of like, I don't, I don't, I want it to be perfect. I want to be this. I want to be that. Yeah. Like, I'm just telling you like, dude, it'll never be perfect. You just got to keep perfecting it as you tell the story. But I think there's so many people that need to know your story because with anything in life, now I'm not like it, it doesn't all have to revolve around you, but like there are so many people out there that are struggling. So many people out there that, that 
have obstacles and and their obstacles might be bigger than their dream right now. And they're trying to figure out and navigate life and maybe contemplating hurting themselves or doing something else. And like you have been a an amazing human being through everything that you've ever done. Like, dude, I because I've heard of you back in when you were in, in high school, you know, back in Roy High and all the stuff that you're doing. And I kind of followed your story through through people that I knew in the dance world. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, you were always like, and talk about culture, like in branding, like you were always the same person. Everybody's like, dude, that Murphy's the greatest person. He's so happy. He's this and that. And I know that when you, when you ended up in the hospital with the, with the attempt, like it shocked everybody and everybody's like, what the heck? But then you kept the same attitude through everything. You brought it on. So you think you can dance. You brought it to the dance crews. You brought it to, to content creation and I think that's so valuable for people to know that is like, there are so many people, like if you are struggling with anything that there are so many people with the same story you got And like the, the thing about you is they only see you shooting Logan Paul, shooting Drake, mm-hmm. shooting Sweetie, shooting Cardi B. They don't know what's been going on in your life for the past five years, 10 years that you were in jail, that you, I mean, caught up for doing stupid stuff, stuff that you shouldn't have been in jail for. It was kind of dumb. Yeah. But they don't know that. And like a lot, like this is called culture camp. And a lot of how people are in their culture and their brand is how they came about it. Right. Like they, their story, the trials and tribulations they went through. Yep. Most of the time, like I haven't, there's hardly anybody on this show that I've had. Oh, everything's perfect. And there's really not a whole lot to talk about. And I'm just perfect. <laughs> like everybody goes through struggles. But the crazy thing is, is everybody thinks they're alone when they're going through these struggles, when they're going through tough times, when they're going through, you know, not being able to maybe drum up business. Like I'm sure there's been months where you've sat there and you're like, how am I going to pay bills? Oh, I had no shoots this month. Yep. There are so many people out there, but you just have to keep pushing through and making it happen. The thing I love about you is, you know, I've known you for a while, dude, you guarantee your own success. Like you make shit happen. And when it doesn't, you're not like, Oh man, this sucks. Like this is that They're like, you're like, hey, man, like I have nothing to shoot this week, but it's a great time for me to hang out with the girls and I'm going to do this with the girls and that with yep. the girls. And you know what? You know what's crazy? Like, I don't know if you know this. Like, when I will say, like, you know, I'm like, God always provides for you, like, I believe, because, like, it's like, always, oh, dude, I just got asked to come shoot Cardi B and I wasn't supposed to do anything this week. Yeah. <laughs> or, hey, I was just going to shoot this and I wasn't supposed to do anything this week. Or, like, I'll go somewhere and say, hey, dude, I need you all pay you whatever. I got to go to this place. Oh, like, cool. I wasn't really, wasn't really counting on that. Perfect. So I'm free. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, and dude, it's just like, it, it's been cool to see because it's been so important for me to know. And like, I tell people about your story all the time and I tell people, Oh dude, he's got the crazy story. He's done this. He's done that. And I'm like, what? Like, so I do wholeheartedly believe that you need to, you do need to tell your story. It, and if you're listening to this and you have a story, learn to tell the story because you need to tell it in a way, though. I will. I will warn you. You tell it in a way to help people. Don't tell it in a way to look at me. Yeah. And and and, and it's got to come from a genuine place in your heart to 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 really help people move further along in their life or whatever whatever your your goal is with them. But dude, I just want to say kudos to you, man. It's been incredible to watch Bro, you. Thanks. Yeah. I just. I mean, my thing is, I just don't want people to ever go through what I went through, or even like a quarter or 10% of what I went through. Right. Just cause it, it was the hardest thing. Like for me, it was the hardest thing. I mean, somebody could have it worse and I'm not trying to compare apples to apples or apples to oranges and stuff like that. But you only know what you know. Yeah. I mean, and your life yeah. is your life. Yeah. And, and we all live different lives and anybody who's gone through stuff 
like how I have. And again, th- I was sugarcoating everything. Right. <laughs> but anybody who's gone through the the things I've gone or worse or whatever, I just want them to survive and become a warrior and a survivor because that's that's all we got. And if we can change the world by, you know, telling other people our stories, that's all that matters right there. Right. Because then other people can be like, okay, I know the signs or I know not to go through that. Um, well, and then you, you as an individual can say, okay, like I'm starting to go into a dark place. What can I do? Cause oh, yeah. you know, there's, there's places there for help. Like the biggest thing that I, I would tell people is, is, is talk about it. Talk yep. to someone about it. Get, it's almost like an AA, you have a, you have a sponsor. Yep. It's almost like if you're feeling down or feeling, you know, you can say depressed or you have bad anxiety about things or whatever, tell somebody and have them be your, your accountability partner and your sponsor. And they can call you and do that. Like, like low key nobody knows that i've been that for some for some people that mm-hmm. man i just i just want to talk to you yep like let's just talk about stuff dude i'm just here i'm not here to judge i've never said anything publicly about anything i'm I'm no therapist by any means but i i could be a big brother or, or little brother or whatever you want in 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 just talk about things like you know i think that's so important to be able to to open it up and you know in in recent history or like recent culture it's been more normal to talk about things. There's a lot of people that are, do not want to talk about it, but yeah. you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, dude, no one ever even admitted there was ever a problem I'm with anything. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Mental health was a, like not a good term. It was a very taboo term in, in culture, in our culture. Yeah. And it's definitely come more, more prominent. Like there was a guy that I just saw a big college that basically took off the season due to ment- bat- battling mental health. And I'm like, wow, man, for you to publicly come out and say that you are one of the best guys on the football team and to come out on basically ESPN and say, I'm taking the, the year off to, to battle mental health is, is, is pretty, well, pretty powerful in my eyes. Well, like it doesn't make you weak. I, I would never say that guy's weak. I would say that guy's stronger than most people oh, out there. Like, especially like coming out like that, like that's super strong, uh, in my opinion. I mean, the, the thing for us as human beings is like, we always want to talk, 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 or like express ourselves, which is amazing we need to do that but the number one thing that we also need to do is listen we need to keep our ears open um not too many people listen and that's all we want to be is heard we just right. want to be heard um well, like when you were going through your your homelessness dude, you just felt alone you just wanted somebody there yeah i mean if i had somebody i i, I don't know I, I think i probably wouldn't have like did my thing but right but it just goes like those little moments. Like we talk a lot about in business, everything adds up, little things add up. And in, 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 in sports, little things add up. In life, the little things add up. Well, I mean, in like how you're talking about culture and stuff like that, like uh, it, it's it's what I do with a branding. So like in videography and stuff like that, when I brand, I'm telling your story. People buy stories and personalities. They don't buy right. a product. Right. They don't buy it because it's like saying, hey, this water we're going to buy it because it's water. Like most people would, but right. now if that water had something to stand for a person, a face, something like that, they can relate to, they're going to buy that water over the other one because of that. And right. obviously the way it looks like certain stuff like that, there's so many things that go to it, but a lot of people buy, they buy, they don't buy products. They buy people. Right. And that's they why buy, they like branding yeah. with celebrities is so important that like someone comes out with like, 
you know, Kylie Cosmetics. Yeah. Or everybody wants to buy it because it's a story, right? Yeah. When they, um, I think Mark Wahlberg has like a water company or uh, with uh, Kobe or RIP Kobe, a body yeah. armor. Like everybody yeah. want to buy body armor because him, Logan Paul, Prime. Yep. Like if people want to buy buy that, those stories, then they just want to go buy buy it off. Like, I'm not gonna lie, I bought Prime because of Logan. But, yeah. I mean, but really, that's the only reason I heard of it <laughs> was because of Logan and you. Yeah. But I mean- no, I mean, I, I I can't say I'm not a scientist. I don't know if it's better than body armor, Gatorade, Powerade. If that Powerade still thing, I don't even know. Right. Um, tang, or tang, bro, <laughs> tang, yo, shout but, out. To but one thing, tiny. one thing I want to talk about, um, kind of wrapping this up is is I know that you have, you have a huge heart to to help people, and I know you've created. Well, well, first off, I want to shout out, dude. Thank you for for donating a video to. Oh synergy in action and in the Haugen Family Foundation for the meals that we were be able to provide. The point of that was to, to raise awareness for what we're doing and raise awareness for synergy, synergy in action. They, we fed 1200 people. Do they do that multiple times every single weekend? I think that was like 20, 20th year. Yeah. Something like for that. 20, 20 years, they've done that multiple times every single weekend. So shout out to Alfred Merlo, synergy in action, amazing people, but you've created a creator space. And which I know is a is a content creation company, mm-hmm. and that's what we got the the purple and the blue over here because it's uh it, that's your your logo colors. Yep. But tell me about Creator Space because I know a lot of it is geared towards the helping people, helping you know individuals who need the content created, helping the content creators, and just creating like a super team of content creators. So my goal with Creator Space is to bridge the gap between creator and business. Um, a lot of business people don't understand uh, creators and a lot of creators don't understand business. So my goal is to oversee everything but help creators and business. So the beginning would be uh, creators. I will I will make sure that they're taking care of paying them hourly or salary and get them the gear, uh, the like cameras, equipment, everything, even pay for their subscription so they don't have to pay anything. They're just paying to work and to learn and we train them and teach them how to be beasts and a better version of themselves. Um, and you know, obviously I want to promote positivity and stuff like that. So that's what I would like to have. Uh, obviously if you're a introvert, I would rather like you could be an editor and not talk to no one if that's what you want to do. But if you want to be around people like me, you're out in the field hustling and killing it every single time. Um, and I would love to bridge the gap between, business and teaching business people like, Hey, why do you need videos or why do you need right. photos or graphics? You do so much more than just content creation. Dude, you're like a, yeah. like, like you help me like, Hey, you should shoot this video, do this, this subject. This is what's going on on TikTok. I'm especially with you and Alyssa being like a power duo. Yeah. Um, your wife and she does a lot of social media stuff. Um, you know, it, it's been super helpful to me when it's just, it's not just super surface level. It's actually deeper than just, Hey, I'm a video. I'm gonna shoot a video, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do. Yeah. And I'm going to give we, you the video. Come bounce a, out of here. We come with the plan. Yeah. Um, that's Which why is sometimes a little overwhelming. Cause you're like, Hey, we need this shot, this <laughs> shot, this shot. And I'm like, bro, we're just going to Oregon. Yeah. No, but, but, but like, but it ends up turning out until there's a beautiful video. Yeah. Uh, when, when you're creating content for other people, especially businesses, you kind of have to have a plan of action. So essentially it's like, Hey, what are your goals? And this is where I business brand and also consult. So my goal is to have these businesses succeed in five to 10 years as well. So I'm not, I'm not just thinking of, Hey, this is just another project, blah, blah, blah. No, this is another project that I'm going to be proud of. 
Right. So I want to make every single thing I put out to be the best thing. Because and and obviously every video is going to be better and better and better and better because I'm I'm so uh critical on myself and I critique myself so hard that I look at my last video that I just did. I'm like, ah, oh, that was booty. I gotta do better. And I learn from my mistakes or learn from my past video. How can I get a shot better? So that being said, is like helping businesses grow and scale. My my goal is it's kind of like this. If I make you money, I make money. Right. But if I don't make you money, you're never gonna work with me again. Right. So I'm always trying to think of ways that I can help. So my thing is problem solving. What is the problem and how can I solve it? Right. How much money are you losing by not having me? Okay, then let's make you more money. For like, sure. Let's 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 help you. Like, oh, nobody knows your brand. All right, let's show them who you are. Like, let's brand yourself. What's the demographic that you want? What's what's the type of people you want? What's the type of people you want to bring in, bring out, like take out, whatever. We're we're gonna figure that out. And I remember helping a couple of businesses go from like 2000 followers to 200 to 2 million followers. And I'm, and with real engagement and let right. me say this. Okay, guys, just because somebody has 2 million followers doesn't mean they have 2 million followers. Right. They probably actually have two followers. Right. <laughs> Look at their engagement, but, but, but the I, engagement, dude, it's, it's so tough. Cause I have like 28,000 followers, something like that, dude, I'll post a video. 400 people will see it i'm like what yeah <laughs> so if anybody's out there knows the engagement cracking right. the code let me know because I, f I i feel like i have real followers but i don't know how to get them to see my content it, it's it's tough uh th there's a whole algorithm behind it yeah, and, and i'm also like a whole like there's so much that goes into it so if you guys want to learn uh holler at your boy i'm just kidding no for, no for <laughs> like, sure though because that's what you guys do i mean you you and Alyssa both do that as Alyssa does a lot of stuff on social media and you do a yeah, lot of the content it, creation behind that behind what is on that social media yeah it's a it's a lot of problem solving um and and that's why i like that that's why i love my business and what i do is because i'm serving i'm trying to like figure out how to take care of your business or you because how i treat every single business and brand and everything like that is as if it was my brand right because then i then i genuinely care and i want to see it succeed and grow right um which it's funny because i know a lot of the uh, or it's not funny but like it, it it's totally true because i know a lot of the brands that you regularly shoot for you feel like it's your brand like yeah you're so bought in and in like that's part of you it, it's it's cool to watch like i like you know sunday's best like you do a lot of stuff for yeah. them and like that's like Michael McHenry, shout out to him. He's on this podcast. Like he's one of the greatest people I've ever met. And you do a lot of stuff for him and a lot of the other like Pika Rica and yep. different stuff. I mean, like you're so in tune with it and in about the brand. It's it's more than just, oh yeah, like I shot a video for him, well, whatever. Well, let me say this too, um, because like I feel like I should say it. <laughs> but if it wasn't for like Dave Sparks, Dan Fleischman, Keaton, um, if it wasn't for them, I don't think I would not saying I wouldn't be where I'm at today because of them, but they've actually low key helped mentor me to do what I'm doing now and figuring out how to like brand and talk right. and all this other stuff. They kind of helped guided me without guiding me. If that makes sense. Right. It's so weird. Like without but, purposely sitting down and doing it. Yeah. They've just, yeah, just I mean, been around them. You, and, you've learned a lot. Like, I mean, you, dude, I can't imagine you, you've been well, to so many learn. events like, Dan, you do all Dan Fleischman's events, like Avengers, 100 mm. Yeah, 100 like, mm. I love yeah, 100 mm. I love Dan, bro. You get to listen to all these conferences for 
Hey, okay. Nothing. <laughs> Hold on. Let me say this because nobody knows. And I think this is hilarious. So, and uh, after high school, I, I took a business college class. And the way I did it was I went into the class, sat down, acted like I was a student and took notes. And I was there for a couple months, got what I needed and dipped. No way. I got college for free. <laughs> Bro. And then... <laughs> Hey, uh, don't, don't try to put me in jail guys, <laughs> but yeah, is there a statute of limitations? I, I know. <laughs> and then, uh, and then like for like Dan Fleischman's thing, like, uh, I'm learning master classes that people, people pay tons and tons of money for, for free. I'm actually getting paid to be there. Right. And I get the footage, not that I'm going to like reuse it or whatever, but I, I'm learning as I'm working learning about my business learning how to brand other businesses i'm learning how to speak i'm learning how to, like i'm learning everything that they're teaching is like i told dan fleischman i said i want to be on the stage talking i want to be i want to be one of the speakers i want to be on stage with you i told dan that and it's gonna happen watch and then like for me like uh usually when i have a goal i manifest it in a law of attraction and i just tell myself like right. i'm gonna do this i'm gonna get it and it happens um, so I'm really good at like just manifesting what I want. Obviously it, it can be on the other end. If you're like, Oh, I'm gonna have a shitty day. You're going to have a super shitty day. Right. So for me, like, uh, learning, learning that from like Dan and Joel and freaking <clears throat> like even Ed Milet, like learning what they're, what they're putting out and hanging out with these guys, it just teaches you how to be one, a better like business person, but two most importantly which should have been one is how to be a better person right because especially sean sean whalen says this he's like you know live for today right because you don't know if you're gonna live tomorrow you don't know if you're gonna live in 20 years everyone's living in this mindset and living in this this thing where they're like hey i'm gonna live until 100 what if you don't live till tomorrow right like, so what are you gonna do today and that's why it's super important for me. Like, yeah, making money is dope. Cool. Saving a life is cooler and hanging out with your family. Like I rather just hang out with my family all day, every day. And right. if I could change lives at the same time and film it, shoot, holler. That's why I should just do YouTube again. I'm just right. kidding. <laughs> for sure. Murph, last thing I want to ask you is, uh, what is success to you? How do you uh, define success? Dang. Okay. So I knew this was coming up and I was trying to like figure out what I was going to say. And I really don't know on the spot. So you I know. cheat all the time. You get see, to do Yeah. See, I'm cheating. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, success for me is it's not something that it's not a end goal. It's not a, it's not something that you end at. It's something that you do every day. Um, success for me, like if I can be successful today and then tomorrow and then the next day and the next day and the next day, that will reach quote unquote success. But for me, as long as I'm doing something today, now that's success to me. Right. Versus it being a end goal. Right. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, I love that, man. Murph, thank you so much for being on here. It really means a lot. For sure. Hey, thank you for having me. Uh, anybody watching this, I appreciate y'all listening still and staying till the end. <laughs> for sure. Uh, Murphy, they can find you at Murphy Yangster on Instagram and pretty much everywhere else. If you like this podcast, please share it with somebody. Hit me up on Instagram at Jason Haugen and we'll see you on the next episode of Culture Camp. Thank you and have a good day.